TaylorMade is a Dunedin-based business associated with excellence. Formed and led by Ian Taylor. Some of you will remember him from those children programs from the 70s, 80s. Play school and spot on. And if you've ever watched the America's Cup and seen those 3D graphics showing the boat's progress on the course, it was TaylorMade that created that software. As you're about to hear, there's been a range of projects TaylorMade has both developed and been part of. But back to Ian Taylor. He was awarded Māori Business Person of the Year, and for him the accolade meant a lot, and despite ascending heights of financial and business success, it's his humble upbringing in a tiny Nazi Kahununu settlement on the highway between Napier and Wairua that has shaped and stayed with him. You were brought up in Rauponga. I was brought up in Rauponga. Um, born in Kaio, down to Rauponga at about the age of uh, four, I think, four or five. And, uh, yeah. Um, now, for those who don't know, whereabouts is Rauponga? Oh, everybody knows where Rauponga is. <laughs> it's the centre of the earth. Hey, and um, is, you know, on the east coast. It's halfway between, um, uh, just out of Wairua, halfway between Gisborne and Napier. Yeah, so it's about maybe how long? About twenty minutes out of Wairua. Yeah, twenty minutes out of Wairua. Yeah, but back in the day, it would have been half an hour, forty minutes out of Wairua. <laughs> it would have been a dip, depended if you're going on the uncle's car or walking. <laughs> so your parents were school teachers at the school there. Yeah, yeah. Both mum and dad were, were teachers there, and mum, uh, dad ended up teaching in Wairua as well. And you were schooled there right up until the age of eleven. Yes, yeah, it was around about the. the yeah, it was. I, I went off to boarding school um, in Form One, which which was in nineteen sixty one. I was eleven years old. I mean, it it it, it was interesting, and I, I guess it was something that I referred to, you know, um, in my corridor at, at the Maori Business Awards because um, you, you get to reflect how you came to be here, and you know that, that was back. So the 1950s, early 60s, when you know Maori parents all over the country were kind of making the decision about what was best for their for their mokopuna. and um, you know my mother sort of made the the cultural and and economic sacrifice, I guess, and emotional that that it was important that we were brought up in the Pakeha world and that we went to Pakeha boarding schools, and and that's the way it needed to be. Um, for our future, and so you know, at the age of eleven, I was bundled off to a, a Catholic boarding school down in Masterton, where you know I learnt Latin instead of Maori, and um, it was kind of, it was kind of confusing for for an eleven-year-old because back in Rauponga, um, you know, I'd been the white honky son of the of the Pakeha school teacher, and now here I, here I am at age eleven in this boarding school down in Masterton, where predominantly everybody is white, and um, I'm the Māori kid from the back blocks. So, um, you know, it took a bit of getting used to. And, I mean, it, it also um, sort of struck home to me, literally, really, um, one day in the uh, in the dining room at the boarding school when when um, one of the teachers there smacked me over the back of the head and just said, you're not on the par now, Hori. And, um, I mean, to this day, I don't know what I did. and But it was a shock to... To kind of hear that um, that sort of um, racial denigration, because it, it was sort of never never seemed like that in Rauping. It was always it was always fun. But as as I as I said um, to the people at, at the awards, you know, I'm pretty sure that you know, whilst my mother, um, I wish she had been still alive at the award because she would have been so proud. Um, 
And she would have, I also said, she, she was a hard case, my mum, old Rose. She would have had a twinkle in her eye when she looked at me and she said, so you got this award from those those clever Maori buggers up in um, the Auckland Business School, eh? <laughs> I thought they would have been cleverer than that. She <laughs> them. And she would have said that with a lovely giggle. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, they were funny times back then. And, and I think, you know, today if Brother Morris was alive, I I know he would have been proud as well. So it so and and for that, you know, we talk about the Māori parents who made the decision back in the fifties that their kids needed this Pākehā education, and you know there are a lot of us out there who learnt Latin instead of Māori. But you know the Hawke brothers were there, you know, and I had to acknowledge them and their parents, the parents back in the fifties and sixties who said no, we are going to fight the fight. You know, the culture is important, the rear is important, and we'll fight for it. And you know, and in acknowledging them. I was saying that you know, without my mother's decision, I didn't think I'd be at those awards. But I think without the Hawke parents and you know parents like them, there wouldn't have even been the awards to be at. So you're talking about the Hawke brothers, whose whānau are Ngāti Whātua, who protested yeah, yeah, yeah. against Point, up at and Bastion Point. Absolutely, you know, and you know, I mean, stories all over the all over the you know Honiharawiras, you know parents and, and and just the fight they put up and you know for those of us who saw that fight going it, it just looked like a losing battle you you wondered how they could hang in there but mm. if they hadn't fought that fight we wouldn't have even had a, we wouldn't have even had a Maori business awards at the Auckland Business School so you know our parents on who who had to make those tough decisions back in those days you know both of them we stood on both lots of shoulders at that award and we we continue to stand on their shoulders. You know, without that fight, we wouldn't be seeing, you know, the power of the of the iwi corporations now. We wouldn't have seen Māori television. We wouldn't have seen, you know, um, morning report starting in Te Reo every morning. You wouldn't have seen any of that. So we owe a lot to those people. Would it be fair to say, Ian, that you've in your career, pro- probably walked that line between on one side hearing good things about Māori and then on the other side hearing not so good things about Māori. My whole life has been that. I, I, I still remember having this Pākehā girlfriend up in, up in Marston. I remember going to dinner there one Sunday night. You're allowed to go out and, um, and um, they had this young, there was a young daughter and she was probably only about Six, maybe five, and sitting at the table on the Sunday evening, I heard she said to her father, "Dad, do you hate Dad? Do you hate Ian because he's a Maori?" <laughs> there was this stunned silence at the table, and everybody's diving for cover. No, I don't hate Ian. But you know, one of the one of the comments, and it happened so much back in those days. But you know, Ian, you don't really look like a Maori. Mm. You know, and. I mean, it, it is incredible as you look back. And, you know, I, I, we were meant to be living in this sort of racially harmonious society back there. But, you know, as an 11-year-old, I discovered we weren't really. And do you think it's become more polite now? It's not as in your face, but it's still very much there? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, I still think it's there. Um, but, it, but it has changed. And um, I think maybe... Maybe one of the one of the reasons for change is that 
again, you know, because the fights that that um, that people have fought in the past means we actually stand up with pride. Um, I don't care what people say to me, and it doesn't happen very often. And yet, I have to say that in in the awards that I've won, um, that I've you know I've, that I've been sort of given, the response to this one has been more than anything else. From Pakeha, from Māori, it's just been amazing. And why do you think that is? I I really don't know. You know, um, it's. I mean, it's for me. It's you know, it's it's the award I I accept with the most pride. But I thought it would, you know, sort of go... Under the radar. Under the radar. But just the number of people who've, who've stopped me and congratulated me or sent me emails, um, Pākehā and Māori, mainly Pākehā, it's been incredible. Now tell me about some of the work that you're involved with. I, look, I'm a, I'm a kid of the 70s, 80s, and I remember seeing you on Spot On. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're starting to tell ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember seeing you with the animation with the America's Cub. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Funniest Time Videos was in there somewhere as well. So I um, I, I was in a rock and roll band for a while. That was just fantastic. And we played in Whitehall. It was great. Um, you and every other Māori boy in a rock and roll band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. All, all those Māori boys in a rock and roll band. <laughs> We kind of travelled all over the country about three years or so, and then then I got called up in the army. So I went and did the army up in Waiuru. Um and uh, when I came out of there, I sort of thought, God, what do I do now? And one of the best places we'd played while we were touring was down in Dunedin. They had this great concert place called the Ag Hall, and you know you paid to two or three thousand people. So I just sort of wow. chucked my way on back down here and worked in the breweries for a year because that's we're all. All my mates were who used to come to all our concerts, and um, and finally ended up, you know, doing a sort of better get serious, and went back and did a law degree um, at university. Left there, got a job on play school actually, and then sort of got into TV. I know my last year of law, somebody rang me up and said, "You used to sing in a band, eh?" And I said, "Yeah, well, what do you want to want to audition for play school?" <laughs> so, so my last year at law, I, I had a part-time job fronting play school, which was really cool. And um, sort of went on from there into spot on and other things and, and sort of never ended up practising law. But but it was then, it's one of those other decisions, a long way down the track. I'd, I'd kind of found the place I really wanted to live in, in Dunedin. And, and um, I think that's a really, really important decision that this is now going to be home. So no matter what I did from there on in, it had to happen from here. And round about the time I decided that, the TVNZ decided to close down the TV studios here. So that was a bit of a challenge. But, you know, long story short, we ended up borrowing a whole heap of money and we took over the studios and ended up doing computer graphics and all sorts of things, and we're still here. So, Ian, you've, it sounds like you've, you've just ended up adapting to whatever's happened and then just created your own, your own career path. Yeah, I, I mean, I do talk to kids about it now. One of the, one of the things I do know is that my, my career path, if that's what we're going to call it, has always been coming to a juncture and going, I can go left or right, right looks like more fun. <laughs> right. And and I've always done that. And, um, you know, that was the thing. You know, I'd finished my law degree. I was off to, you know, I was off doing interviews for jobs and this job offer came up for spot on. Law degree to the left, spot on to the right, spot on looks like way more fun. Mm-hmm. So I took that. It was the same when I was, um, 
I, I, when I left school, I, I went to Victoria straight out, out of school from Masterton. So I was doing a commerce degree in Victoria. Um, only been there six weeks when my mates turned up and said, hey, listen, we need a singer for our band. We're in the Battle of the Bands this weekend, and Carl Evanson, who was their singer, had gone off to the formula. Do you want you want to sing? So I thought, oh, yeah, and went and sang, and I think we won it. And then they said, I thought, this looks like fun. So I just left university and thought, this is much more fun, and off we went. You've got parents right now going, no, you don't take the fun path. <laughs> it's... it's, it's, it's it's um it's really funny when I when I when I speak at schools and stuff you know um I talk about being a dreamer yes. you know that that, that I, I think I got where I am because I I've always been a dreamer. But have you found that you have stayed interested in whatever you've done at that time, and then wanted to move on to something else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I, I've been really really fortunate. I'd, I I wake up every day and you know, especially down here. I wake up every day and, you know, you come into work and it is just, and I'm 63 now, and it's still really, really exciting because of what are the, what these people are doing here. But it wasn't, the, you know, it, it's like the decision to leave the band. We were having a great time in the band, but it had sort of run its, run its dash. So I got called up in the army and I could have stayed in the band and not done the army, but it was sort of like a sign that said, um, actually, time to take stock. Uh, you know what? I will leave the band and I will go and do the army and then figure out what happens next. So, you know, I have generally moved on or moved down a path that looked more exciting. And so how much of what you've decided has been affected by the economic climate? None. I mean, I never think about money. I mean, the really cool thing about this place that we work, you know, working here, and you know, later on I must talk about why, why even though it's full of Pākehā, I think it's a Māori business. Um, uh, is that here we only do things we like. That's our whole philosophy. We work on things we like. So why why do you view it as a Māori business? Well, it was one of the things I was saying, you know, um, a year ago, if somebody had said, you know, um, would you accept the Māori Business Leader of the Year, I would have said no um, on a number of counts. You know, it's sort of like, A, I don't have the real. Um, I always think of myself as a Māori, but, you know, um, I don't have the real, and um, now the business I run is, I mean, I've got two Māori out of 30, 30 staff. There are two. Um, but then I got introduced to this concept of ako, in, which is used in education, Māori. It's a Māori concept, and it says, it really says that there are no teachers, there are no pupils. We are all teachers, we are all pupils. We learn, we teach, we teach, we learn. And I just thought, you know what? Actually, if you applied that to business, that's how this place runs. There are no management. There are no workers. We're all management. We're all workers. And and it truly is like that. And in that sense, it, it works in a really um, kind of whanau-based way, just by accident, really. We don't have any structure. We don't have any normal management. God, we don't even do business plans, you know. Our corporate mission statement is bugger the box and pour the concrete anyway. So people hate me going talking at MBA courses. <laughs> None of it makes any sense, um, which was another but reason. But you know what? It kind of does make sense. Well, you know what? Bugger the boxing, pour the concrete anyway is a really um, – it, it, people first think of it as a joke. And actually when, when staff here came up with the thing, you know, we thought, shit, we've got to have one of those corporate mission statements. All those flash companies have got one. And, and when they came up with this one, we all laughed and joked about it. But we made it 
our mission statement. But in hindsight, as you look back, it's really, really critical, and it is how we run. And what it says is to all of the staff, if you think it's a good idea, go for it, we'll back you. And if the concrete starts pouring all over the place, we'll help you shovel it up. And, you know, for me, I think that's, that's, that's more Māori than Pākehā yes. as a business. And, and the whole, I mean, we're very lucky, you know, holding at a size of 30, you can keep the family, the kind of family whānau sense to it. Um, but it's one, you know, I have a great deal of pride in the way everybody cares for each other. You know, the, the other day, one of the young guys came down to me, came down to us in our um, office here, um, and just said, hey, listen, I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, Mark's been coming in and working late at night and he hasn't been telling anybody. And I was just, you know, I just I just think you need to know, you know, you should keep an eye out on him. And I, I think that is fantastic. Mm. And this guy was young. He was one of the younger guys. But everybody here admires everybody else's strengths. But then obviously it's because you've built a team that fosters that. Well, well, I don't or, or a culture. <laughs> It's kind of just happened around me. You only do what you like. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I tell you this, I mean, one of the other things, you know, it, it, I, I showed this, um, I, I talked about um, at, at the awards, I showed this be- wonderful, beautiful film to people here made for um, Auraki Mount Cook and then for the Rugby World Cup. It made a 3D stereo film, but it's, it's the story, our story of creation, our story of Rangi and Papa, you know, in the beginning there was the nothingness, then came to pour the night, and then Maui, Auraki, and it was the story of three waka. It was Maui, Auraki, and Waka Māori that they'd put on the the wharf up in Auckland, Ngāti Whātua. It is absolutely stunning. And it goes right through the whole thing, tells it in 3D, beautifully crafted, and it flies into the waka, and it goes to black, and then I brought up five white people and said, no, that's Ngāti Pākehā. Those five white kids were the kids who built that story with the love, the attention to detail. You know, they crafted that story because it is as much theirs as it is ours. Mm -hmm. One of the things I decided was, even if I didn't have the reo and I hadn't gone down that path, what we would do is use all of our skills any time Māori needed it. Whale watch Kaikoura, you know, when they needed to take things to a new height using technology and 3D graphics. We were in there straight away. Um, there was a Maori language, Maori, Maori language um, kids drama that needed really high end graphics. So we just, in we went. Kaitanga to Twitch, you know, in we went. It's really, really important. And, um, you know, our team here love working on those. So do people just approach you? Yeah, they do. Or, I mean, with the Rugby World Cup, we just... I, um, I, I got so angry at the kind of redneck comments coming from Pākehā and Māori, mm. you know, about the, the waka, waka and mm. all of that sort of stuff. I mean, God, if that wasn't there, there would have been no presence of Māori on the waterfront and the thing. It was so important it was there. But I got so angry that I just rang up Peter Sharples and said, Peter, just give, I want part of that waka, the front. We're going to make a 3D theatre. We're going to tell this story and we're going to blow people away with it. And, you know... Everybody down here, um, all, all these you know, Pākehā computer programmers and designers and whatever, they were as angry as I was, and so they gave it their all. And you know, it really is, it really is spectacular. What are some of the other things that you're involved in? What are future projects you have coming up? 
Well, I mean, there, there are, I mean, you know, we 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 work on Formula One. We work on we build air traffic control simulators. We've just sold one and installed it in South Africa. All the air traffic controllers in New Zealand train on two of our simulators that we've um, built and put in Christchurch. Um, we build simulators, race car simulators for the Formula One racing teams. Um, we've got the America's Cup coming up. We do the cricket. No, there's there's a lot of stuff, you know, in in that area. We're doing some really cool stuff with the rebuild of Christchurch, which I think is so so important. It's, um, uh, in fact, we've just I've just finished um, um, an animation for the minister to take away to America to show, you know, some of the some of the visualization of what Christchurch might look like in the future. I think that's really really important. Um, I'm loving being on Māori Television on the board of Māori Television. Um, no, there's there's lots of things. Now let's just touch on the deal. So I'm guessing in your lifetime you've had people confront you about the fact that you don't call it on Māori. Mm. Um, you know it's 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 way way better now. Um, you actually sort of hear it from a distance a little more. You know, and you know I heard you know one of the lecturers. At um, Victoria, you know, read an article that he wrote that that you know um, you couldn't call yourself Māori unless you you know had the language. And I, I mean, I, it, that just totally, totally irritated me. It's, I, I mean, I, I'd love to have the realm. Maybe one day, time things will slow down enough to do that. But um, you know, he, he's not taking Māori away from me. Um, you know, I, I think of. Um, what I learned from all my aunties, what my kids learn from my aunties when they mm. go up the Rauponga, mm. you know, that's what it makes us Māori. And yes, you know, I, if I had my life all over again, I'd learn it. I'd, you know, I'd be proud to learn it. Um, it, it. At this stage, it just I can't I can't fit it in. Um, but you know, it's wrong. And and I think, you know, we get these crazy situations where people use um, the the language as as a weapon, yeah, it's you know yeah. to oppress. It's a it's a weapon, and 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 also, what what you end up um, in in a lot of situations is you see people who are absolutely unqualified on every ground except that they have the land. Yes. and you know that is wrong. That is totally wrong. Like people who don't have the deal are automatically dismissed. Yeah, there, there, there was you know I, I mean it, there's an, there was an interesting thing that cropped up. There was a an, an argument that um, in funding, you know, so Tamangai Paho for Māori Television, that there was an argument put forward that Tamangai Paho should only fund Māori production companies, and and maybe it maybe even went as far as to say um, any production from Māori Television should only go to a Māori production company. I'm not sure it went that far, but you know, I was I'm totally opposed to that because you know. We don't need in, in Māori television and storytelling. I don't mean the network, but television made by Māori. We don't need a hand up there. We are as good as anybody, you know. And so we should be winning these jobs, winning the winning the funding, winning the finance, because we are good. Because and 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 we are good at this. So it would be totally wrong. Are you saying like winning it on our own merits? Yeah, because yeah, I mean you can understand, you know, maybe, you know, at med schools and different places and university where, you know, where we're disadvantaged, that you you should be looking for um, some some 
priority for Māori. But, gee, I tell you what, when it comes to television, you don't need priority there. We're as good, Māori productions are as good as anybody else's. But so, then some Māori productions are as awful as everybody else's too. Well, it's the same. Yeah, it's, yeah you're right. It's exactly the same. But, you know, um, we should be... We sh- you know, that I would oppose any any suggestion that Tamangai Power funding should only go to Māori production companies because, you know, I have it on first hand here. When I look at the quality of the stuff that these Pākehā programmers and modelers and storytellers down here have done with Māori stories, it, that would it would just be criminal. Kia ora, Ian Taylor, Nō Ngāti Kahunu, who is overseas at the moment. Travel safe.